0: radio influence
1: welcome to another edition of the real animals podcast always presented by my good friends at contender boats today we are extremely fortunate uh, we have a Florida native uh, Gainesville native with nine major... Career wins. Uh he has fished in sixteen Bassmaster Classics, 64 top tens, 102 top twenties, over $2 million in earnings. He is part of Major League Fishing. He is the host of a TV show called One More Cast with Shaw Grigsby, our guest today. Shaw, how are you, buddy?
0: I'm doing great, Mike. How are you?
1: I am awesome, actually. I am super excited to get you on the podcast here. Um, I, I don't know. And I I couldn't tell, I I hadn't decided whether I was going to open or close with this. So I'm just going to open it with it and I'll probably close with it too. I really don't know that in, in the 20 plus years now that I've been fishing saltwater professionally, I don't know that I've ever met anyone that is as well liked as well respected. I don't know that I've met anyone that I personally like any more than I like Shaw Grigsby. (laughs) I really don't. I'm going to have
0: to send you some
1: money. I'm just, I'm being really serious, bro. I I mean, I I remember, I remember first meeting you and I, and hopefully you don't remember this about me, but it was a, a Chuck Lamar. Celebrity Fishing Tournament here on Tampa Bay years ago. Well, 20, 20 years ago because it was my first year that I had become a guide. I got my license in July. I had begged my way into, um, into the Chuck Lamar Tournament helping Bill Miller out. I was, I was running Mercury's, and it was a Mercury-sponsored event at the time. And um, I got invited to fish Media Day. And I remember pulling up there and I remember going upstairs and I remember looking at the board and my celebrity for the day was Shaw Grigsby. And I remember looking at Captain (laughs) Billy Nobles and I remember saying, oh, my God, I have to take Shaw Grigsby fishing. (laughs) And, And Billy looked at me and he said, you lucky dog. I'm like, what do you mean lucky dog? It's Shaw Grigsby. There couldn't be any more pressure. He goes, dude, it couldn't get any easier. All you got to do is put Sean water that has fish in it and he'll catch them. You moron. I'm like, "Eh, good point. I still, I still remember. I know we didn't catch a lot of fish. I remember watching you with your bait caster with the most crazy, accurate casts along the mangroves that I had ever seen in my life. And I, I distinctly remember probably a year and a half, maybe a little longer before I would see you again. And it was at one of the outdoor expos. And I remember you smiling at me from across the room and and coming towards me. And I remember telling my wife, I said, I fished Shaw Grigsby for about three, four hours that morning. And the man, I hadn't seen the man in a year and a half, probably two years. And and I remember you acting that day like you and I had been friends for 20 years. And it never, I, I never forgot that to me it was a very right away. There was just something special about Shaw Grigsby to me and not just obviously, you know, you're when we'll dive into the bass fishing and, and the hall of fame and all the greatness there, but you know, truly just a great person, Shaw, the way you make people feel in the fishing industry in you know, the, the people that meet you and all that stuff, you, you really are a blessing to the sport, my friend.
0: Well, you're very, very, very kind. And, uh, and I appreciate that. And I truly, uh, I love the sport. I love the people in it. You know, it's got some of the finest people that, that exist, you know, it's just, they, they love the outdoors. They love the environment. They love, you know, the, the, the whole aspect. I mean, fishing is not like, you know, you're going to get rich. It's something that you just have a passion for. And, uh, and that's really, really special. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's something that uh, I truly love, and I and I love all the people involved in it. And I've had a very, very blessed career.
1: <laughs> yes, you have, no doubt about that. Where did it Where did it all start for Shaw Grigsby? How did this ball get rolling? Well,
0: you know, I I just born and raised here in Gainesville. My dad loved to hunt and fish, and and um, and then I guess what focused me on fishing because I did it all. You know, we we deer hunt and turkey hunt a little bit, and just do a little bit of everything, and. And, um, but this, this kid that I knew from Boy Scouts, I was in Boy Scouts and he was an Eagle Scout and patrol leader and all that kind of stuff. And he moved over to my uh, school in eighth grade. So he was a new kid in school and I knew him from Boy Scouts and he and I just kind of, you know, since we, since he knew me, I knew him and, you know, I was probably the only kid he knew in the school. We just hit it off, became friends and he was into bass fishing I mean, like, you know, eat up with it. So, uh, so we started fishing together and next thing you know, he said, Hey, let's fish a tournament. And, and that led from one thing to the next. And, and next thing you know, I'm, I'm a professional bass fisherman. (laughs) So really it comes down to just a small little, little deal of, you know, somebody pushing you in in one direction and there you go.
1: It's crazy how that, uh, that can just, just kind of happen. So, so, how does it feel the first time you launch the boat on the morning of a Bassmaster Classic? Your very it's, first it's trip. Awesome. It's
0: awesome. It's really special, you know, and and uh, when you do that, you know, it's the biggest event that's, that's out there. And uh, the biggest event that you have in your sport and just to be a part of one is really special. You know, most guys I know when they get into fishing or fishing professionally get really serious about it. They go, man, I just like to, I just like to be there one time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, when you, when you launch the boat and what's really crazy is it's gotten a lot better, but back in the old days when we started, like there were so much media and so many things that you did that your only real enjoyment or relaxation was when you finally got on the water. So what an old classic would be, you could only bring five rods and reels. You could only bring 10 pounds of tackle. They'd send you a tackle box. You filled it up and you had to weigh it and make sure you didn't, you know, have anything extra in there because if you had – 10 and a half pounds or 10 and a quarter, you know, Ray Scott would go in there and pull baits out that he liked <laughs> <laughs> and, until he got down to 10 pounds. And so, and, um, and so it was really, it was really crazy. But then you, you, you'd show up there and they would, you would go out to dinner and they'd have a deal. They would bust everybody out to dinner and then you'd be out there at a 10 30 or whatever. And they'd bust you back. And you did that every night, and the only time that you actually had a moment to just get your brain to work is when you get on the water. And so that was really—I remember those older classics. Now it's much more relaxed, and and uh, you know you do the practice and then you fish, and and so you're you're really more on your own for dinners and things like that. You may have one or two things that you do during the week, but but uh, so anyway, it's 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 a lot lot uh, a lot more relaxed and more in tune to fishing. Now, uh, back then it was a lot of uh, promotion and stuff like that, but anyway, and, and so when you launch your boat and you're in the biggest tournament of your life and you're, it, it's a really a game changer because if you win it, it's a career. And, um, and so it, it's just one of those special things. I mean, it just takes, I mean, it's just another tournament but it's not. You know, it's the biggest tournament you can be in and it's the, the most demanding, and, and you really try to put everything in place. I would take my baits, every bait, and hand tune them. I'd have them either in a swimming pool or, or go to a pond and tune them and mark them, every one of them. You know, I'd, I'd make sure every single hook point on every bait that I carried to the classic was perfect. I'd have spare hooks and split rings and flyers and everything that if anything happened, I needed something, there it is, you know? And, and so you really didn't want to leave anything to chance. You didn't want to have anything like, Oh, it's okay. You know, it'll yeah. work out. You, you made sure that everything was perfect. Do you,
1: is there, is there a moment, is there ever a thought during classic number one that someday you would look back on your career and say, I, I'm gonna fish 16 of these. I'm gonna get to do this 15 more times. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking to myself, I, I, where does your brain go when you're in the Super Bowl of fishing for that first time? I mean, are you just are you trying to take it all in? Are you focused on, you know, I'm the man. I'm you're gonna right. be the man. I'm gonna be here 20 more times. I mean, how does I don't how does that work?
0: Yeah, yeah. Really, when you when you make it, especially the first time, you're just you're in awe and you're thankful to be there. And, and that's kind of the deal and you do everything you can to win it, but you're still, you're still like in awe, you know, I'm here. And, um, and then when you make it a second time, you're like, man, here we go. You know, I've already made it once. Now I'm making a second. I, let's really try to win it. And, and this, so it's a, one of those things where you continuously, you know, try to up your game and try to do it. And, and, you know, I fished it 16 times and the closest I got was second and I think I may have finished third or fourth a time and um, but I never won it and so you know it's one of those things that elude you and now that I'm on the Bass Pro Tour you know I won't ever go back to another Master Classic but um, but it's one of those things where that was one that you always wanted to win you know Roland fished it I don't know how many times you know 20 times or you know more than that 30 times and and never won it so it's a it's a one shot deal and you've got to put everything together and then you have guys like clown that won it four or five times and kevin van dam that won it four or so times you know i think they're all they're both at like four maybe they may be at five but um, so you got guys that win a lot and then, and then guys that you know just really really work hard to win one and and maybe never do
1: who who is it and you just led me to this just jumped into my brain who is it on tour, maybe in the history of the sport, that you look at? That a guy with all your success, who is it, Who's somebody you look at and go, that guy's unbelievable? Because you're unbelievable to yeah. all the rest of us <laughs> watching yeah, you do what I, you, you know, do. The guy, the, Who's the guy?
0: The guy I look at, and I've said this for years, like even on, you know, they always put on your card. You know, back then we had, you know, like baseball cards, we'd have fishing cards and they'd put on, you know, who do you admire the most or whatever. And I always put down Rick Klund and I still do. And, um, you know, back in the days of of growing up in the sport that uh, he was the greatest of all times. I mean, he won all these classics and he did all this stuff and he was just amazing how good he was and now he's up in his 70s and he still wins and he i mean he's probably the oldest winner on tour and he's uh you know ever and he's just amazing so when you can still uh compete at that age it's really special so yeah he's uh he's a exceptional angler a really good guy and somebody that just he, he gives you a different mental perspective every time you talk to him, it's just wonderful to talk to him and kind of pick his brain a bit.
1: Yeah. I'll bet that's, uh, that's gotta be a cool experience. So is there, uh, there's so many ways I want to go with this conversation, but let's, let's, let's talk about, you mentioned maybe never fishing a classic again or you won't fish classic again, major league fishing. Let's talk about major league fishing and how that's changed the bass fishing landscape
0: yeah it's it's pretty incredible. I mean you know we just came up with this idea of and, and really it was up with uh, boy Duckett and and Gary Klein about that they wanted to progress the sport that had been kind of stagnant and in its place, and actually it was losing um, losing people, you know, so it wasn't it wasn't increasing it was kind of declining and so um, we knew there was a way to do the sport and make it into a true sport like you would football or basketball or NASCAR or anything like that, that that people really wanted to sit and and watch and and get inspired by. And, and so, uh, you know, they came up with a couple neat, you know, format changes, like every fish counts. So instead of you catching five and then you go, Oh, that's a little one. It doesn't count going back. No, this one, you know, when you doing that, that every fish would count so that you're, you're always moving forward. It's like a NASCAR race. You're instead of like stopping and going, no, I'm not moving again until I can get, you know, a five pounder or something like that. Um, you know, you're always moving. So when the every fish count uh, was really a good one, then we added in, you know, that you're uh, in the major leagues and the cups, we would have it where you didn't even practice. So now you had to go on the water cold and figure them out. And that was really intense. So now when you you don't know where you're going or what you're doing, you show up, you got some rods and rigs, uh, rods and reels rigged up, and then you look at the water and you look at the map and you go, okay, I got, you know, 30 minutes to look at this place and then I got to start fishing. And so, you know, it's one of those things that, that, uh, it's what we would do. Like you and I, we're going to go fish a redfish tournament. We're going to a place we haven't ever been. You show up, what am I going to do first? You know, where am I going to go? What am I going to look at? And that's what the viewer gets to, gets to experience. You know, how yeah. are you going to do it? And how am I going to do it? And, and how do we as anglers try to figure these things out? So it's, it really brought a bunch of excitement to it and and uh, and and it was just one of those things we're really proud of it, it actually um you know took over on the television side mm. of, of viewing audiences yeah. it's ridiculous how many people watch this thing and so once we started that then we decided that hey it's it's uh it's going so strong let's turn it into a tour and so we started the Bass Pro Tour. So using basically the same rules, you know, that we do get to practice uh, for, for two days and look over the body of water, but pretty much it's the same type of format where you, you really, if you start slowing down and not catching them, you take a break, you're going backwards real quick. So, <laughs> so you know, having to, having to stay catching fish is, is just so uh, so much more intense and when you're out there fishing and you just you just keep that that level going and you keep your concentration going and and at the end of the day you basically just fall down you know you go oh my gosh <laughs> you know, i can't believe i just survived you know the day and and i keep thinking it's probably the best thing in the world to do a a redfish tournament like that you'd be catching oh. like, you know i mean imagine getting onto some of those biggins and you don't have a length limit or anything because you just catch them, Let's weigh them and let them go yeah Oh my gosh! You could catch a thousand
1: pounds in a day. It would be really awesome. You know? I, I, I I I tell you, uh, from from being in the TV business now, going on fifteen years, which is crazy to me. But I don't. I would. I would tell. I tell people. I, I don't watch a lot of. I don't watch a lot of fishing shows on TV. If I'm if I'm going through and I see you or I see. You know, somebody that I know, Blair Wiggins, or somebody, you know, some of my friends, CA, whoever it is, I usually stop and go, oh, where's CA? Oh, he's in Charleston or wherever, blah, 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 or, you know, where's Shaw? Oh, that's cool, that's Shaw. I I don't call myself a fishing show guy because I just don't, you know, and I don't know how you are with it. I know you've been doing TV for years, but I, I just don't watch. I found myself absolutely looking at every opportunity I could to find Major League Fishing on TV. It was crazy. Isn't that cool? My wife, wa- my wife yeah. would come in. She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "This, sh- this, this series, this major league fishing is incredible." I'm like, "They're just. I have to see." I'm like, yeah. "Oh, we caught six in a row, and then oh, he's way ahead of so and so now, and now so and so's ahead. We got on a hot bite in this cove right here, and he's figuring them out. He's, I, I." I I, it was so weird to me I just I told my wife I'm like you know me yeah. I don't watch fishing shows <laughs> but major league fishing has absolutely I, I was fortunate enough to do a podcast we have a I did a podcast with Boyd and and I, t- I told him wow. I'm like I am yeah. absolutely blown away and enamored with this major league fishing concept I think it's brilliant I really do I thought it was such a great idea
0: yeah it it is amazing they've done such a great job with it and and uh, we had a new stat come out just—I uh, don't know—a month or so ago—that 86% of all viewing of fishing on all television across television, 86% of it's major, major league fishing.
1: I, I'm not surprised <laughs> related, which is pretty
0: pretty special. Yeah, yeah, people love it, and we love it, and we love participating in it, and and uh, and it's fun. So, yeah.
1: Where where's where's Shaw's? Favorite body of water to fish?
0: You know, when I go fun fishing, and and this is you'll you'll appreciate this. You know, I'm not usually going bass fishing. Believe it or not, when I go fun fishing, <laughs> when I go fun fishing, I I head over to Crystal River. I head over to Homosassa. I just I love getting on the redfish and the snook and and you know if tarpon times around. I love doing that. You know, so you know I, I spend my career bass fishing but when I go fun fishing it's usually like taking my grandson or my son and, and we just go out and, and have a blast and just uh, you know hook onto something that pulls drag <laughs> really pulls drag <laughs> and so and, and and you know I'm a sight fisherman I love the visual aspects of fishing and being able to do that you know looking over there and seeing a redfish pushing or one you know coming around the cove or one sitting under a bush or stuck laying under the mangroves and and it's just, uh, it's just special, you know? So that's, that's what I do. I, I kind of play with the salt water when I, when I'm off. And then when I'm on, I'm, I'm, you know, bass fishing. So, you know, I really think if I ever just said one thing that I really like is, is fly fishing for tarpon, that's probably been a passion of mine, you know, Doug Hannon introduced me to it. And, and it's one of those things that I just, uh, I love it. I mean, I'm just absolutely truly love it. And, and so, uh, and, man, I, I look at your shows, and I watch these shows, and I'm like, oh, dude, I would love
1: to do this. You know?
0: so uh, it, That's that's kind of my fun deal. My fun deal is saltwater, and, and my you know, competitive part is, is bass fishing.
1: I get it. I get it. Does that make you, uh, let me ask you, artificial live bait, or does it not matter on the saltwater side? Because you just want to catch them. It,
0: it really doesn't, but when I go for myself, it's almost. Uh, in fact, it is like a hundred percent artificial. When I go, let's I go with a buddy and we'll go out and go, you know, snapper fishing or grouper, you know, yeah. dropping down on grouper. Then we're using, you know, cut bait, live bait, or whatever. And uh, but most of the time, I'm I'm artificial, which means I don't have the success that I. That you can, you know. I mean, when you, uh, gosh, I remember those days with you and with, and, you know, catching, catching live bait and then chumming it out there and then the snook getting blowing up <laughs> on stuff, you know, when you're down there doing that, that, uh, um, Chuck Lamar deal and, and all. It's just, that is really cool. And so, you know, you can really have some fun with, uh, live bait and, and have some, yeah, I mean, it's pretty consistent when you're using live bait. When you use an artificial, you can have some days where you just don't catch much, you know, and you have days where you catch them pretty good, and it's just, so you just take what you got. But I I generally don't do much live bait fishing.
1: I had I had uh, several, couple years after I got to fish you in the Chuck where I had, I had Roland Martin was my celebrity. And I remember at one point, I I never, I don't think I've ever wanted to slap a guy As hard as I want to say, I couldn't get I couldn't get rolling every spot I'd pull up on before I could, like, like, get the power pole down, get the anchors out, get stopped, get the boat positioned right. He's already on the bow of the boat throwing artificials into my pocket of snook. I'm like, I've got a whole live well full of white bay back here. If you just give me a minute, I'll get them chummed up and we'll catch them. But he just he just couldn't do it. every single spot for two straight days. I'd pull up, and as soon as the boat came off plane, Roland was on the bow and he was throwing artificial baits. <laughs> it was the craziest thing. Like, oh my goodness! You go, Roland. I guess it's just uh, it's just how the day's going to be.
0: You know what's cool? He he's really he's really uh, special. He's such a great angler, and and he uh, I, I was down at. Uh, they have this new body of water that the state of Florida made called Headwaters down there by Stick Marsh. And it's a bath factory. I mean, just amazing. But I've been down there. Every time you go down there, there's Roland. He's on the water every I think every single day he's on the water down there. And he's gotta be like seventy two, seventy three, seventy four. He's somewhere in that neighborhood. And he's out there every day. Every day, just pounding the water and loving every minute of it. And, you know, that's that's Special. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean there's days when I'm sitting like right now, I'm sitting at my, my desk and I'm looking out of my front yard and I got a deer uh nibbling on the corn that I put out there this morning and I got turkeys around and all that. And some days I just like, you know, going in the woods or relaxing, doing that. He's out there every single day. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. There's there's guys on the saltwater side, CA CA Richardson's that way very much. I tell my I, wife all the time, you know, yeah. there's, there's days when you know, I still play competitive softball, and I like to go to the gym, and I deer hunt. You know, I'm like, "Babe, hey, CA don't do nothing. He does he does nothing but fish. Like, CA, what are you doing tomorrow? Oh, I'm off. What are you doing? I'm going fishing. I, I mean, it's just, I'm going fishing. I mean, it's not like, hey, I'm going to take a week and go to Georgia into my lease and just, you know, clear my head, get in a tree stand, relax, you know, drive the golf cart around the woods. No, I'm going fishing. I'm like, okay, that's great. It's a beautiful thing. I love it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong it with it. It is it's, a beautiful thing. That's what yeah, makes it's awesome. them so great yeah, at what that's they really do. Cool. No doubt. So you, we got to talk. we got to talk about this because I think this is um, first of all, it's well deserved, but it's 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 very cool. How does it feel to be in the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> you know well, I had a touch on it.
0: That's probably. That that has got to be one of the greatest honors that you can have, you know, and I had a guy, a buddy of mine, he was up at uh, Springfield, I guess, like last week, and uh, I get this, you know, text message and here's a picture of my Hall of Fame plaque up there at the, you know, uh, Wonders of Wildlife Museum. Uh, up there in Springfield, Missouri, at the Bass Pro Shops anyway, and he sent me this and he said, it's really cool, I'm like, it is really cool, so um, yeah, I'm just extremely honored to have had an impact in the sport and to be recognized for it and and that's just uh, you know, it's about the most special thing you can do to be you know, honored in that way, so um, it's all I can say is it's really cool, You you know, and you know, maybe, uh, you know, my kids' kids or somebody will go there sometime and go, hey, there's old <laughs> Grampy or, <here." laughs> you know, something like that. But, you but, um, yeah, overall, I just, you know, like I said, when I started talking with you, the, the coolest thing about this sport is not only the people. The people are really cool, but the sport itself is just something about it that, that you know, and I, I – if you go out, and I'd probably say you probably don't remember the first time you shot a basket, made a basket in basketball, or, or the no. first time you hit a baseball, or first time you did it. But I guarantee you remember that first fish, whatever it was. You no. know, whether it was a, a bluegill. You probably, I remember my first fish at like you know five years old or four and a half years old. I remember that, and um, it's so it imprints something into your mind and imprint something into your life and just brings, brings something to full circle that, that is unexplainable, you know? And so being blessed enough to make a living doing this, oh my gosh, you know, it's just, it's ridiculous. So um, that hall of fame was just kind of a, a, a really special deal. And I'm, I'm like I said, I don't know that you, you, you and I, and and fortunately there's quite a few others that just make their living doing something that you truly, absolutely, passionately love, and that's what makes you good at it, is that you love it enough to put all the time, the effort, whatever it takes to succeed into it. And and it's never a burden because it's what you love. It's yeah. what you truly love. And that's really special.
1: Yeah. I, I've always I've always said to me, it's the, it's the the unique part about you guys. And I, when I say you guys, there's, you know, obviously there's, there's quite a few of you, but it's still, in the world of bass fishing, the group of, you know, I, I used to say the Elite 50, just for lack of a better term. Or Let's call it the Elite 100. Let's talk about the top 100 bass fishermen in the world. Let's go to Springfield, Missouri and take the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. Let's talk about those guys. Bass fishing is so popular, Shaw. I mean, there's so much money in it. It's such a popular sport all across the entire United States, heck, all over the world. Bass fishing is ragingly popular. To get to that level, to be one of those guys that has, you know, two plus million dollars in career earnings, to fish in 16 classics and all that (laughs) – What is it, in your opinion, what is it that separates that group? I asked Boy Duckett, you know, what is it that makes Kevin Van Dam tick? What is it, you know, that that he would just keep going and going and going and being so competitive? What's the difference?
0: You know, and and I boil it down to exactly what I just said a minute ago. It's passion. It's that you – you know, at first you have to be a competitor, but it's passion. It's that – you love it so much that you're willing to put in all the extra time, all the effort to be successful, to, to work hard at it. And, um, and, you know, you, you don't ever quit and you don't ever say, you know, I give up and you don't ever um, you know, you don't ever back down. You just keep driving uh, towards the goal of catching them. And I think the greatest thing about fishing is that it's always, no matter how good you get, not, not even Kevin or or now we have Jacob Wheeler that's like just yeah. scorching on fire. <laughs> yeah. um, no matter how good you get, it's always, always a challenge every day. And so you're putting things together. It's not something that you can kind of, you know. Once you get really good at basketball, you know, you're shooting threes from, you know, outside the arc, and you're just draining them all the time. It's 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 not that big a deal. Yeah, you'll miss some, but generally you just start punching them in there because that's it. There's not any the basket's not moving. You know the the court's the same. You know there's not any wind blowing or anything like. That. It's just what you do. You know, and so but when you look at fishing. And you've got all these variables that we have to put up with, with. You know, you get clouds come in and it changes the fish. You get wind direction, it changes the fish. You get Sundays and it changes the fish. You get everything. You know, boat activity changes the fish. And you have to always figure it out. Every day you go, it's going to change and you got to figure it out. And so it's something that's never, should I say, boring. It's always challenging and because of that challenge, you know, it's something that keeps you motivated. And I think that's what, that's what motivates any, any guy that's, that's really good is first he has the passion for it and next he has dedication. And then he's just really motivated to figure them out, uh, you know, the next time what, you know, what's going on. And, um, and it's just when you figure them out, man, it's just cool. You you know it. I mean, you get out there and you go, and all of a sudden you're just catching them one after the other. You're like, this is really cool. You can call your shots. You know where they are. You know what they're doing, and and uh, that that's what you look for. That's what you hope to achieve every time you go.
1: And I think there's people that don't that don't understand how often. <clears throat> and maybe this probably this probably doesn't happen for you, but it happens for me. You know, guiding. You know couple hundred days a year you you you're on your way to the boat ramp in the morning and you're putting your game plan together maybe it was based on what happened yesterday or like you said wind change weathers you know salt water we got the tide situations all that stuff right when you when you, you know when you put your when you put the game plan together and maybe you did struggle for a couple of days maybe the last couple of days have been tough everybody on the water around you all your guide buddies everybody's kind of grinding it's just not coming together and then all of a sudden you just, for some reason, you, you go outside the box, you're thinking, you know what, I'll bet you this, this, and this, and then you get on the water. And when you put that together, the feeling when you hit the ramp and you go, man, we went from catching, you know, 10 fish in a four-hour trip to today we caught 45 fish, you know, and it was just, well, I was just figuring they had to be there. Wind, the tide, everything, this should be going off. It's that time of year. When you put that together, It's magical. The other thing is I, that's yeah, exactly the word. Magical. Yeah, it's magical. The other thing I don't think people understand either. And, and I think it's the biggest shortcoming. And, and I'm, and I'm really strictly mostly talking about you freshwater bass guys, the elite guys, the top 100. I don't think people understand how much work it is, even though you love it. And, and I know it may not seem like work because you love it. The amount of time that you have to put in the amount of focus, the amount of dedication, the attention to detail. You know, the greatest saltwater fishermen that I've ever met, um, you know, the Jamie Goodwins, uh, the Ozzy Fishers, and, and there's a lot of them. I'll, I'll be leaving people out if I, if I, no matter how long I go here, I'll be leaving some guys out. Their attention to the smallest detail, Shaw, is what has absolutely always been mind blowing to me. I love to just be around those guys and sit like a sponge. And you can just pick up things in the conversation where, you know, maybe you're like, doggone it, I didn't think about that. You know, back in the Red oh, yeah. tournament days, you know, when you're you're sitting around with the Watts brothers and Rick Murphy and, you know, Jeff Page and Jamie Goodwin and Jeff Hageman and, and you know, you're having dinner or you're just sitting around at the parking lot afterwards and you're like, doggone it, that was the piece I missed. You know, I ended up with 10 pounds and they ended up with 14 and that was the piece I missed. Um, it, it, the attention to detail for the best of the best to me is just, it's, it's a totally different level.
0: It, it is. And, uh, and uh, those are some of the best when you're mentioned to me. You know, that's a great group of guys, man. I've been fortunate to be able to be in the boat with a number of those guys. So uh, they, it is. It's attention to detail. And, and, and again, desire. Just They, they don't, they don't want to be second you know what i mean they want to they want to perform they want to catch them and so they're they're doing everything they can to catch them
1: where where they're not i always tell people those type of guys aren't happy that they caught them they got to know where they were yesterday why they're here today? Where they're going to be tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's just you know what I mean. A, a guy like Jeff Hageman and Jamie Goodwin. I mean, I I roomed with these guys in Boca Grande for ten years. You know, we rented a condo and we tarpon fished. You know, sixty days straight doubles. You know, trip after trip after trip. So you know, whatever downtime you had, re spooling or eating dinner or grabbing a beer, whatever it was, it, it, it always amazed me. You know catch, you know, have a 10-fish day where you you think you could just kick back and be like, man, I whooped their keister today. I'm the man. And those boys are like, you know where they're going to be tomorrow, right? That wind's changing direction, so they're going to be here, and they're going to be there. I'm like, would you just enjoy the 10-fish day you had and cut it out? For God's sakes, we're already thinking about tomorrow's trip. not for eight hours yet. What's wrong with you guys? But, I mean, I think, and I truly believe that's what makes – Guys like yourself, you know the Boyd Duckets, the Van Dams, that I, Jacob Wheeler. I think it. I think it's what makes you guys great is that extra, that extra gear. Uh, I really do. Let me let me ask you yeah. another question here. We'll we'll try to wrap things up here. Is there one moment in your career that stands out to you as the most special? I mean, if you, and, and I know you've had a bunch of them, obviously with. You know, nine big wins and sixteen classics. And is there is there is there something in the Hall of Fame induction? Is there something there to you? Um, and maybe it's not fishing at all. Maybe it's something else. But is there over your time in professional fishing? Is there something that stands out to you as that number one special moment for Shaw Grigsby?
0: Well, you know, in the as special moments go in professional fishing, probably you know you know your first win is always special. And uh, your first major, and then you know my last win because uh, I was an old guy, and then uh, <laughs> Hall of Fame. You know that's that's really you know very very memorable. Will be you know the pinnacle of my career. Now I look at uh, fishing in general, and I've just got so many cool memories of and and a lot of them revolve around you know taking my kids or my grandkids or whatever and watching them you know catch their first fish or or almost get pulled out of the boat by <laughs> by uh, you know a, a bass and and stuff like that those memories are are real special and really you know every day you go fishing you create uh, another set of memories another group of them that just uh they don't go away. You know, there, there are things that you look back on and go, man, that was really cool. Or, and, and it doesn't matter, you know, even if it's just your last fishing trip, you know, you, you go and you, and you, and you drop a bait down and set the hook and it's a giant or it's a little itty bitty. When he comes flying out of the water, you go, was still really cool. You know, I thought he was going to be 10 pounds. He turns out to be, you know, a one pounder. So, um, you know it's just one of those things memories are real special and and that's what you create and that's you know, like I said, probably if you take just my professional career, it'd be the Hall of fame. and then uh anything other than that, it's just you know I've had so many great times with family and friends and getting them to catch their first snook or their first redfish or or a first ten pounder and I remember my buddy came in from Colorado, and always wanted to catch a ten pounder and and uh, we spotted one and actually he spotted it on the bed. And when he hooks it, it's a big, and he's like, man, I, I need some help. Or you need to help us. I, said, I ain't doing a daggum thing. You got to drag <laughs> that thing to the boat yourself. You know, it, it's whooping him. It's under the boat and all the rest. And he, and he gets it in. What's really cool. It was, it was 10 2 and uh, we called bass pro shops. They came right. and picked up this bass and it's now the, the headliner in Toronto Bass Pro Shops. It's the big fish at Toronto. That's <laughs> How awesome. cool is that? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, awesome. You know, you got you got some really cool memories in fishing. You got the same thing, man. You got special ones that are just like, that's really cool. So yeah, that's what that's what fishing's about. No
1: doubt. What uh what's on the what's on the horizon for Shaw Grigsby? What's up next?
0: Well, uh, Bass Pro Tour. Restart up, you know, next year and and run it again and uh, I'm just excited to be a part and, and uh, I look forward to every tournament I get to fish. And I don't know how many more years I keep it up. You know, it's just, uh, you know, I'm getting old and I'm getting to the point where, um, you know, physically I can't keep running like those young guys do. You know, I'm always at admiring how, you know, Rick at 70 something can keep going and, and rolling at 70 something, keep going. And, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, 64 right now turn 65 in May and who knows that may be my, my last season I'm I got grandkids I got a grandson that's 13 and I got uh, two granddaughters that are two and three and taking them fishing I mean every time I go down I have a little uh, I take corn out every day and just feed the deer and watch them here and, and turkey so while I've been talking to you I've had a deer come in and feed I had turkey come in and feed and, and um, so but I'll I'll walk it down. Well, we got a little stand down there to kill the hogs, and so because uh, every now and then you get a big old hog in here, and he'll root up your property and yeah. tear it up and all. And my my little three year old granddaughter, man, that's all she wants to do. She climbs up that gum twenty feet up in the stand or eighteen feet, whatever it is, <laughs> and climbs in, and she wants to sit up there. And I just you know, it's going to be exciting to to share. The passion for the outdoors that 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 I have, and share it with them. So that's probably my next adventure is just uh, is just sharing it and uh, and enjoying every minute that I have.
1: Well, <clears throat> Hall of Famer uh, in the bass fishing world, uh, and in my opinion, and a lot of opinions of of those people that know you, a Hall of Famer as a person. Always somebody that I'm very, very, very honored to call a friend of mine. Thank you so much for your time, Shaw Grigsby. I wish you all the luck in the world. And, you know, if there's anything I can do to help you out, just drop me a dime. Let me know. And uh, I'm there for you, brother. I appreciate all you do for the real animals.
0: Man, Mike, I appreciate you and uh, appreciate what you do. And uh, so thank you very much. And thanks for having me on, buddy.
1: Hope you enjoyed that podcast as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. I truly mean it when I say I really don't believe I've met a finer gentleman, a nicer human being than Shaw Grigsby in my entire fishing career. Just a class act, just a a, a great interview, a great man. Uh, Really, really enjoyed that for sure. And I hope you enjoyed it as well. The Real Animals Podcast is presented by Contender Boats. It is available on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, RI Tampa Bay.com, and Spotify. Remember, it's real important that you subscribe, rate, and review. We try to drop these on you each and every Tuesday. Sometimes we get busy fishing and uh, it, it, they stretch out. We don't get them, but uh, we're going to try to rectify that a little bit here so uh, look for these to drop here uh, each and every Tuesday again really important to subscribe, rate and review. We appreciate you very much. Don't forget to check out the Real Animals TV show the Real Animals social media stuff. You can go to Facebook slash Real Animals on Instagram or Real Animals TV on Twitter at Real Animals Fish. We appreciate you. Have a great day everybody. Thanks for checking us out. I agree. The cat Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy. Radio personalities like Ian Beckles, news and political pundits like independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans. Experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry. Pro wrestling personality David Penzer. MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. And strength and conditioning coach Jeff Cruschel. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.